Hey guys, today we have Rohan Chobe on the show. He is the India's leading growth hacker and he has some interesting tips to share on how to increase following on Instagram or in fact any social media. And he has also some tips if you are a newbie photographer and you want to grow your wedding photography business. So let's begin with the show. Hey Rohan. Hello. Before we come to the actual questions which I have in my mind, uh, I want you to, you know, introduce yourself, what you do, you know, how your journey has been in the industry so far. Because you are the first guest who is not a photographer. So not many people will be knowing much about you. So just give us a little brief about what you have done, what sort of a clients you're working with right now. Uh, so according to uh, audience.com which is ibm and twitter's partner product they call me uh, you know the india's most followed growth hacker last year i launched my book called the growth hacking book which became an international bestseller in nine countries this year i'm launching it again with people from 20 countries thereby you know i'm trying to propagate my growth set movement across these 20 countries I've helped uh, companies like Red Bull, UNESCO, Uber, uh, political clients like PJP, and a lot of people in the senior roles in, you know, um, companies like Kalyan Jewelers, Flipkart, um, come to me for their personal branding suggestions and, you know, related work. So when you say all these clients, like these are very high profile clients. So what exactly is growth hacking? let's say in terms of Flipkart and then there is uh, UNESCO and then there is a political party. So what is, uh, uh, at a macro level, what is your role as a growth hacker? So for everyone, the work would be different, but then the, the same, um, uh, what, the one same common thread between all of them is, you know, finding the fastest way possible to grow these companies. Grow in the sense that for every company, there is a different North Star metric. So let's say, for example, for you as a photographer, your um, uh, one metric that you could be chasing is, you know, how many clients you could get or qualified clients you could get. So every company has their own, you know, um, list of things that they want to chase. And then I strategize what is the fastest way possible to chase that particular metric in least possible resources and least possible time. I'll uh, give you a, a, a very typical scenario of um, of a photographer who is starting out or who has just started out in the last one or two years. So he's a wedding photographer. He doesn't have much of a Facebook following or a Twitter following or even an Instagram following. He doesn't have a very elaborate uh, wedding portfolio. Like, you know, he hasn't done many wedding weddings in the in the city or in the country, maybe 10 or 15 weddings. So what would be your suggestion as a growth hacker for that sort of a, you know, a wedding photographer who has just started out? All right. So I think I would start by recommending um, to have all the digital assets made, uh, your website, all your social media platforms, even those platforms which you think that you do not need. Uh, probably, you know, something like YouTube, uh, which a lot of photographers may not be on. Uh, so image sharing platform is, you know, most preferable, but then when you see and have a closer look at these platforms, uh, you will find that it's already saturated with so many photographers. Mm -hmm. So you may want to move on to somewhere where there, are less, there is less competition and 
a channel or digital medium where the other photographers did not see there was a possibility to connect with their prospects. Uh, the second would be to establish some sort of credibility and authority. This could be in form of your um, those 10, 15 initial clients. They may have said good things about you. They may have given you video testimonials, written testimonials, testimonials on your LinkedIn, or or just anything that shows that you know you really know what you do. The third could be establishing your thought leadership. So you may want to give you know very simple tips to normal like let's say if you are a photographer, and you give me very um, uh, basic photography tips to a regular person like who has no clue of you know what is photography videography so i would think like okay this person actually has some knowledge about this and the next time someone is getting married i would think of you because you taught me something very basic which at least i did not know so you would you know want to have that thought leadership among your audience that could potentially be your prospect and also among your photography friends as well because let's say if you were in, I am in Mumbai, you are in Pune. And if I have a project in Mumbai, I could, let's say we both are photographers. If I have a project in, let's say Pune and I could not, could not travel, I would say that, you know, you may want to get my prospect, work with them. Uh, I would refer to, refer, uh, give this as a referral to you. So you may also want to be, you know, uh, popular and interconnected among your own community. You, the fourth strategy would be to try up with people in the same space. So let's say your expertise is uh, wedding photography, but then when um, Indians weddings happen, there is so much more going on more than photography and videography. There are so many vendors involved, you know, the decors and the venues and all of that. So you could have exclusive partnership and tie-ups with these, uh, you know, venues. Let's say if you become your, you know, the recommendation for all the venues in your city, where will all the other photographers go? And usually it happens that, you know, um, a lot of people who really have um, budgets are looking for one particular, you know, uh, a wedding planner or someone who could just point them to the best possible resources they don't go on to hunt each vendor individually so you can also you know be friend with uh, all the wedding planners in your city so there are a lot of you know uh, tie-ups and partnership opportunities that you have as a photographer so essentially what I'm trying to say if you see a common theme in all my um, suggestions and recommendations, it's only two things one exploring unexplored territories of digital mediums and the second is relationship building because essentially you are in a business where most of your business is driven by long-term clients like who repeatedly come come to you and second who repeatedly refer people to you someone really wants to establish their presence as a prominent photographer in you know in their city in their state in their nation or what the world they have to really do like um think of them as you know not just as an individual no longer just like as a photographer but really as a public figure where they position themselves as an authority in the space and then even if you know um, you hike your prices or you essentially become bigger than the platforms that try to sell you mm -hmm. so that's what um, one should be aiming at and I think you do a, a fantastic job with that uh, with the kind of you know 
exposure you have, the coverage you have, the kind of understanding you have. I went through some of your materials. Um, you were suggesting photographers to, you know, do SEO. And, and, and which photographer talks about that? No one, you're the only person seeing and, you know, endorsing that. So I think you are already, you seem so much ahead of your game. And, and I think everyone should strive to be that way. So, so tell me, uh, if, uh, if I'm starting new on Instagram right now, right, and I am a wedding photographer, so what should be my strategy, uh, you know, to grow my audience on Instagram, which is, which is already kind of saturated and maybe algorithms are also not that friendly what they were, you know, initially, maybe five years back. So what would be your suggestion to that photographer? Sure. I think so. If you want to demystify any platform on social media, I mean, on the internet, all social media have this very common theme and pattern. And uh, this is you, this you can apply on any platform, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, so the only four steps to follow here is first identify which platform you want to be on. In this case, Instagram. Uh, the second one would be identify the key actions on the platform. How I define key actions is um, what would you do to send notifications to your possible followers? Let's say, for example, if you were in a real world and you wanted to network with people, you would go and talk to them, right? Mm -hmm. Or else you would give them a reason to come and talk to you. Similarly, in the digital space, you want to give them a reason to, uh, to come to you or you want to go to them and start talking. So what I would do if I'm just starting out on Instagram, I would just, let's say, again, you know, giving the example that let's say if I'm in Mumbai and I'm trying to connect with all the people in Mumbai, I would go to my location, which Instagram has a fantastic location mapping. I, I would go to any location, explore it and find the photos that are tagged under specific locations. Okay. And then I would start engaging with these people. Engaging in the sense that liking their pictures, following them, commenting, just engaging with people who potentially look like, you know, who, who you would be interested in or they could possibly benefit from your services. Maybe not now, but sometime in the future. Okay. And then performing actions that only sends notifications to people. So let's say, for example, if you follow or like someone's photo on Instagram, it sends them a notification. However, if you follow a hashtag, let's say wedding photography on Instagram, it is not sending notifications to anyone that mm -hmm. you're doing it for, you know, your personal preference of the feed. So you want to perform actions that sends notifications to people. The reason I say that is because then these people are going to check the notifications, check your feed. If your feed looks beautiful and, the, and they have these, you know, aspirations of having the same kind of photography sometime in the future, they might want to follow you because either they get inspired by a, photo, a photography work or they just want, they just like seeing the kind of good photos that you post or potentially just want to keep in touch because they think that, you know, you are a local photographer from their city. So why not just be in touch with this? Okay. So you can use some kind of, you know, on, there are many online tools that help you design your feed in advance and then publish the post automatically from their desktop app or browser app. Mm -hmm. uh, the second would be to either perform actions yourself or if you're a really busy person and you're not able to do it yourself, you can have a virtual assistant who could keep engaging with people in your local city or wherever you want to be known. Mm -hmm. And lastly, see the fourth step is to identify actions that are giving you 
the ROI of your time. So let's say, for example, if I'm spending about 30 minutes per day engaging with my, you know, prospects, just trying to see what kind of photographs they have and just introducing me to them, maybe once in a while texting them and sending a message or just posting some nice guides and tips about mobile photography, which people can try it at their homes. And whenever they are in need of, and the call to action could be, you know, if they are in any need of professional photography, you can come to me. So this, this way, this helps you build trust among your people and potentially position you as the photographer that the, everyone in the city knows about. So you have to analyze and see, you know, what actions, what key actions are giving you the results that you want, more followers, more leads, or more engagement. And based on that, see which actions you want to do more of and which actions you want to discontinue doing. So be it any platform, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Quora, any platform has just these four steps of you know growth and there's nothing more outside of this so i think anyone who's just starting on starting out on instagram just needs to follow this four steps religiously is there anything called a hashtag strategy or is it like a old thing now so hashtags really used to work well but then um over time it just deteriorated in value because a lot of people just started using it for the sake of getting engagement Mm -hmm. So now what I would suggest is if you're using hashtags, try to use hashtags naturally in your sentences so mm -hmm. that it doesn't look like, I don't know, you know, if there is any specific Instagram algorithm about deciding, you know, whether or not hashtags to be, you know, effective. But what I have found is if I write my captions using hashtags naturally in my sentences, the post tend to, tends to perform well. And if I just post 30 hashtags in the, at the bottom of the post, just with the hope that because of the hashtag, the post will get discovered, it doesn't happen. So my suggestion is to try to put hashtags naturally in your sentences. So let's say if you say I'm a wedding photographer, I would maybe put some hashtag wedding photographer instead of writing if it has two different words. So you want to try to use hashtags naturally in your sentences. The second is, um, Try to, let's say, if, if you're using hashtags at the end of your post or in the comment section, try to segregate hashtags in three different categories. One is your own branded hashtag. So let's say if you have a brand name or if you're, if you are known as your own first name, last name. So try to make that as a hashtag. So all the posts that you make or all the posts that are about you would be, you know, have that hashtag. So that is called branded hashtag. The second is, um, less competitive hashtags, which means that um, hashtags in your niche, let's say photography, uh, which are related to your niche, but are not as competitive. So how to find less competitive hashtags mm -hmm. is that when you search for hashtag, it shows you how many posts are under that hashtag, right? So if you see less number of posts, so let's say, you know, anywhere between 10K to 100K is fine those I would categorize as less competitive hashtags. Okay. And the third category is to describe what photograph it is. So maybe the photograph has some objects in it, so you can use those hashtags. Maybe there is a kind of camera that you use that you want to tag. So let's say if I have Canon, I would put something related to Canon related hashtag. So people looking for Canon quality videos or photos can actually discover me sometime in future. 
So the three categories just to summarize is first something related to the content, 10 hashtags. The second would be related to, you know, uh, hashtags that are less competitive, but mm -hmm. related to the photograph, uh, photograph, photo, photos that you have on your feed. And the third would be something related to your own brand, either your name or your company name, but something that represents you. So these are the three categories of hashtags I would recommend. Uh, so where should we put all these three categories of uh, kind of 30 hashtags? So do we put it in the description or we put so it in three it different comments? It doesn't have to be 30. Let's say if you are able to naturally fit 10 to 15 hashtags in your caption, mm -hmm. in a way that it does not look like, it shouldn't look, the caption shouldn't look ugly because we use a lot of hashtags. So just use it naturally. And let's say if you want to put more, then of course you can put at the end of the um, caption or in the comment section. But my highest recommendation would always be to use hashtags in, in sentences naturally, because this is just, you know, this is not, not something that Instagram came to us and um, told us about this, but I just have this feeling that people who are using hashtag just has a means to spam with an expectation that their post will get discovered are usually the ones that do not see any traction from, from the hashtags. The people who use hashtags naturally in their sentences are the ones that actually see tractions from hashtags. Mm -hmm. So it is it is actually going on the same ideology of what, what on Google works, right? So Google, let's yeah. say if you want to make an article, best wedding photographer of India, and if you start stuffing that keyword everywhere, you know, Google is not going to even rank in the top 100 also, you know, like the top 100 listings. So all you have right. to do is, um, again, you have to, I guess you have to be very creative in writing your descriptions and captions and then try to come up uh, with the hashtags naturally in the description and avoid right. uh, things which look spammy or, you know, forced right. upon the uh, user experience. Right, right. I think you, the keyword here is actually user experience. You said it very well because it's very easy for everyone to just copy a bunch of 30 hashtags and use it as a means to increase the reach. Why would a platform reward you for doing that? It, it, it's outright spammy. But mm -hmm. if you're taking time to really use relevant hashtags that are naturally roped into your sentences, that itself elevates the user experience on the app and that action should be rewarded. And I think that's why uh, posts with, you know, hashtags naturally in sentences work well. So yeah, this okay. is just a hypothesis. It's not that, you know, I'm saying that Instagram says this. This is my hypothesis working with all the brands like Red Bull, Kalyanjalas, all these people that I've worked with on their Instagram have seen this happen. And especially since you come from a photography background and these companies are, are you know, um, into fashion and stuff. So I know this niche is so overexploited with hashtags and everything Correct. that it has just stopped working for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I remember you uh, mentioned very similar strategy in your first book. Uh, I guess it was launched launch last to last year, two years back, where you have specifically mentioned about having four set, four or five set of hashtags, you know, you don't repeat the same set of hashtags in every post. Right, right. I think that is also, again, another uh, uh, point that I missed on is that if you repeatedly use a hashtag, so there was this uh, concept of, you know, shadow ban, which was not true. So people thought because they repeatedly use a hashtag, they might get shadow banned. 
they do not get shadow banned instagram also confirmed there is nothing like shadow ban it's an imaginary concept that instagram thought leaders and so called experts have created out of you know <laughs> their own mind it's nothing like that but the idea here is to not be spammy on the platform and that's why it is encouraged that you do not use the same hashtags over and over because your pictures are going to be different right so like i suggested there are three categories of hashtags and like in the first one that i told you that um, you want to add hashtags that are related to your picture so how can all the pictures be same on your feed it it won't be right so that that's why the hashtags are going to change so i think that that's the templatized way of going forward <laughs> and another question which is in my mind is that like based upon the experiments you do with a lot of clients is there something called frequency of posting on instagram like does it matter or you can post whenever you feel like and whatever you feel like okay so there are two things uh, one is just being carefree and posting anytime that is good you know um, if you're overly artistic person you might want to do that so that you don't restrain yourself from being artistic but at the second and if you're on the second side if you're looking it has a business and a serious business you may want to be a little bit more strategic about what you post and how you post and when you post so i would suggest looking into your instagram insights it tells you which days are better it tells you what time is better so you can actually always you know um go with what they are suggesting so let's say for me it shows every weekend from 6 to 9 is the best time for me to post so i follow that mm -hmm. um and uh, the second thing about posting was uh, people getting confused between consistency and frequency so a lot of marketers would say you know you have to be consistent with your posts but they are not suggesting you to be very frequent okay so if we have to simplify it frequency and consistency so do i need to post at least once a day or maybe 3 4 times a week is sufficient so how how do i come to a conclusion because even there are no set rules right you know abhi roz hi dalna hai it's not it is it is not written anywhere it is that these are the strategies which keep on changing evolving with time you know something which was working 6 months back may not work now you know like hashtag right. we talked about 2 years back it was working very fine but now people have started abusing it is not working Uh, you need to have a business profile on your instagram not the personal profile because otherwise you won't get the insights uh, right. so go to your uh, business profile go to insights find out the timings when most of your uh, followers are online right and post at that time so that gives you the answer when uh, you should uh, post but how about the frequency how do i decide you know uh, how frequently should i post so i would say um the simple answer is you know a lot of advice on the internet would be something like post once a day or something like that i i would not agree to that because as a growth hacker i want to be data driven i really want to have this backed by data that when exactly to post so let's say for example if i have less than 5000 followers on a platform why would i post multiple times a day when only a small section of people are watching these people are likely to be from a same demographic you know geographic location so mm -hmm. i don't want to flood with a lot of posts but let's say when i cross 10k 20k 100k people the audience would be so diverse that i could actually be posting multiple times a day okay. so i could be posting once a once in the morning afternoon and the night 
So depending on the size of the audience, you want to decide the frequency. The second is you want to try it for yourself. Try posting initially once a day, then try posting on alternate days and then try posting on once in three days and see which one gets more engagement and which has better reach. So now another argument could be that because you're posting frequently your reach and engagement might go down, but then it's fine. You're at least posting a lot of uh, updates. So it will balance out balance in the sense that let's say one post watched by thousand people versus three posts watched by 500 people each. So if you, the cumulative of that is 1,500 versus you comparing that with one post that is of thousand people. So the idea here is to, again, you know, how frequently you want to be in front of your audience and how comfortable your audience is to see you time and again. The reason for identifying this is important is because what Instagram does is based on your previous posts engagement, it decides what would be the reach of the future posts. So let's okay. say if your previous post was seen by, let's say a thousand people. So based on that, they are going to decide if your post has to appear on the top for the other people who have already engaged with you, either in the feed or in the stories or in the direct messages. So you want to be careful of, you know, how your audience is responding and you may want to have some data backed, um, uh, you know, uh, suggestions for yourself that what exactly works for you. There is no one expert going to tell you something and you're going to blindly follow it because your audience is different. The time zone they live in is different. The country and city they are from is different. So you have to be, you know, very particular about what they are choosing to like. So tell me how to integrate uh, Instagram stories into your strategy to collaborate with people in your industry so maybe if you think it doesn't so if you are very sure that your niche is wedding photography you can you know always give shout outs to um, some corporate photographer and this if this person is really sure of his niche he can give shout outs to you as a wedding photographer so you can always collaborate with people as well if you are not competing with each other Okay, so 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 all these shout outs, uh, shout outs which we uh, see on Instagram stories are actually part of <laughs> the natural looking uh, engagements, right? So because yeah, I so have seen I, this, I would actually do that. <laughs> I would actually do that. So some of my friends, I just want to support them. So we have this understanding and arrangement that once in a week, I'm going to say good stuff about you on my stories, and you're going to receive to keep that. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. So this is quite interesting because I have actually personally seen it. A lot of photographers giving a shout out for some reason or the other uh, to their, <laughs> you can call them as competitors, right? That if I am a wedding photographer, you're also a wedding photographer. Uh, they are giving a shout out to those, to them for one reason yes. or the other. And then probably they are also reciprocating at some other time with, you know, okay, he gave me a shout out. So now yeah. it is my job to, you know, give a shout out. So that helps in engagement. Like when you, when you tag other, other influential people or right. Right. In your and let's say if there is an influencer, like, like, let's say if you're just starting out as a photographer and it is impossible for you to, you know, um, get in touch with a celebrity photographer. So you can always, you know, write something flattering about the, uh, you know, feed post that they may have, share it in your story, write whatever good stuff you want to write. And then Instagram allows this feature where if you have tagged someone in your story, they can repost that on their stories, right? 
So that mm. is one way to get shout outs from influencers, even if they do not want to, because then you're complimenting them. They like it and they want to share it with their followers that see what other people are talking about. Right? So this is one way to, you know, get uh, shout outs from bigger accounts or bigger influencers. Uh, not something that I recommend because, I mean, of course, if you're doing it, you have to do it genuinely and honestly. But yeah, this is, of course, one way to go about it. One last thing I would say is, you know, having specific highlights on your profile mm -hmm. and trying to make it like a sequence of stories. So let's say if I shoot black and white photos consistently, I would have a highlight reel on my profile where I keep putting all the black and white photos. So that would be like, you know, a series kind of post, but running on my stories. So which would be interesting for people who are following for a long time, because then over time, they would realize that, okay, this person actually has multiple series that runs on his stories. So basically, it's, it's all about being creative and uh, trying to get an engagement from your followers. So they shouldn't be your uh, silent followers, right? That's what you are actually trying to say in the broader sense. Like they shouldn't be right. following you quietly. Uh, you have to trigger them for some sort of a response, either through like, comment, right. share, save the picture, or, you know, uh, like you said, Instagram stories, they couldn't respond to your questions. So it's it's more about engaging them. What we do in the, in the real life, right? You know, nobody likes a person in a party who is just standing there silently they you know uh, a person who is more social uh, would be uh, more popular in the group right right and and virtually it, it becomes even more easier even if you are an introvert <laughs> it's it just easier to do all that virtually uh, so uh, thank you so much uh, rohan for giving your valuable time uh, it was really helpful and i hope people could implement all these strategies uh, and, uh, you know, maybe see some attraction on their uh, Instagram accounts. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you.